Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now... And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend Editions here at Tale Bar City Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're off and running here in 2022. First show for us of the year. And big news yesterday around 3 o'clock. Casey Thompson in. What's the quarterback picture look like for the Big Red? We'll spend the next couple hours chatting all things Nebraska. Numbers to get in this morning. 466-3776-466-3776-1-800-825-5865. can email chris at hailvarsity.com. And uh, Cranach, uh, a lot of smoke all week, bud, with... Uh, Casey Thompson, can Nebraska get the yes and uh, a midweek visit, even though it was during a dead period, uh, FaceTime and technology used, and uh, you had a couple of sides come together, and we'll see how things shake out moving forward for spring. Do you have a lot of chance uh, to to check out Thompson's film? Uh, We saw some of his highlights. We We'll have Cedric Golden from the Austin American Statesman, who's covered Texas football for, well, forever. I uh, had a chance to, to see uh, Casey up close and personal, his time down in, in Austin. So we'll hear from Cedric here in about 25 minutes. Brandon Vogel to kick off hour two. And uh, Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse, back with us around 8.30. But uh, on its face, this looks like a pretty good get for Nebraska, Cranach. And uh, you have a guy who can really throw the football and has pretty good pocket presence. You needed at least somebody to stabilize the position. We know that with Adrian Martinez leaving Logan Smothers only having what a couple of snaps under his belt, you know, one game and then a few snaps under his belt. Couldn't necessarily go with that. And um, look, he, he has he has put up some numbers. He's pretty good inside the 20. Uh, he is committed to staying in the pocket you see on film. Like he'll climb into it, you know. Even when pressure comes, I, I think when a lot of quarterbacks may just decide to take off or maybe accidentally run into a sack, he does a pretty good job of like finding the open spot in the pocket and continuing to look downfield. So he's committed to that, which is good. But are we seriously going to sit here and just act like this isn't a kid who uh, whose dad played for Oklahoma who decided <laughs> to go to Texas? Yeah, all of and the now coming to Nebraska. I mean, like, all all of the history, the ties, the the two programs that Nebraska fans have have wanted to beat Oklahoma, obviously for decades in the Big Eight, and then the uh, the bugaboo that was Texas in in the Big Twelve. It's interesting, man. Is <laughs> this, is, this is all just going to be fine, or is he a mole? 
No, like he's, what is, he's fine. Is, <laughs> he left it, Texas. That gets him a hug from everyone wearing red. You don't think there's any part of this that could be Texas's last little last little dig at Nebraska I to pr- completely I pray, finish the program off? I pray no. <laughs> is to plant a quarterback <laughs> to to sandbag the season, and with NIL, they're paying him to do it. Well, well, Mark, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here. Mark, you wear that tinfoil hat proudly this morning, Mark. Mark, I, I think, though, that, that Texas hates Oklahoma more than they hate Nebraska nowadays. So I think they're planting the mole at Nebraska not to take down Nebraska, but to get Oklahoma a loss next season whenever uh, Oklahoma comes to Lincoln, right? Well, that's a good, positive way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be. Uh, maybe that's the plan, too. Have have a one and eleven Nebraska teams only win. Just stop. Be Oklahoma. <laughs> Certainly possible. Don't don't even go there. But. Would you? Would you? I mean, come on. With everything going on these days with misinformation and spies and uh, you know, I I don't know, man. This guy might be a plant. I don't trust it. Um, kidding. Mm. No, it's it's a it's a it's an ideal situation for Nebraska. I, I'm not sure that you would find a much better option on the market that was transferring, right? I mean, you know, Caleb Williams obviously is really good from Oklahoma, but he he may come back too. You don't know. Um, I mean, he's he's top five at least out, out of quarterbacks that were in the portal, so I think he's about about what you could expect. And consider, look. Nebraska still be being an appealing destination for a guy who started at Texas. Pretty good, right? Real, real good. And, and you know how's how's Nebraska air quote appealing? And you look at what is back. I know there's a lot of question marks, but you look at the some of the skill positions, specifically the Manning Betts duo, uh, the Vokalek option. Uh, those are those are three receivers uh, that Nebraska has played a lot of ball, right? And you're hoping for a healthy 2022 for all of them, and yet you, you you plug in a guy like Casey Thompson with the Whipple offense slash Frost offense, however we want to, you know, who gets the title first? That's that's where I'm really interested. But the 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 bottom line is this. There's going to be a lot of work that that happens with winter conditioning from a leadership and kind of meshing with your new teammates. You got to go win the job. And then ultimately, when push comes to shove, you're in win now mode. That's why you go get a portal quarterback with experience that that gives you the best option to win uh, that Saturday in September against Oklahoma, that August Saturday at God knows whatever time in Ireland, uh, the road trip to Michigan. I mean, we can lay out the schedule and what's been Nebraska's shortcomings offensively. It's been taking care of the football and red zone offense, right? It ain't been yards. <laughs> Hasn't been, at least last year, it wasn't big plays. The bottom line for me is you still have some of the same. Uh, missteps that could ail whoever is behind center if your O-line isn't better, if your running game doesn't step up. And you could have a, a similar result to what Adrian gave you over the last few years if Nebraska isn't better around Casey Thompson. Pick a name and put him behind center. It's got to get better on the offensive line and in the running back room for Nebraska to be bowl eligible 
and uh, we're talking about who they're playing or who have who they have played this time of year a year from now uh we won't know if it's an air quote upgrade or not and for it to be an upgrade uh the other 10 around whoever's getting that snap's got to be better and, and that's what yeah. i'm interested to see yeah and, and and look at the for for all the accomplishments that adrian martinez had and this isn't a bash adrian martinez segment here not at all um, but but the things he probably didn't do well he, he you know he held on to the ball a long time we know that um he wasn't great on intermediate throws wasn't entire wasn't terribly accurate i mean he you know his percentages were pretty good but i think we all know he would airmail he'd overthrow um there were some misses was an issue. Some misses that are burned into your mind yeah, you know, that just happened. And particularly inside the 20, the passing game kind of fell apart, um, whether that's all on him or who knows. But inside the 20, uh, this guy's good, mm-hmm. right? Like he was he was like 13 touchdowns, one pick, um, yeah, 13 touchdowns inside the 20, <laughs> right? So throwing the ball to, I know Austin Allen's leaving, but getting the ball to an Austin Allen within the red zone seems like it would have been within his skill set. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem to be like it was within Adrian's. Now, is that the offensive design? Is it the play calling? Is it the blocking? Look, a lot of factors read into that, but it's promising that this guy has produced inside the red zone. Secondly, if if Nebraska wants to be able to run the ball with him, which presumably they are going to back off on that, It'll still be a part of it, but I don't think it'll be nearly as heavy as it was with Adrian. He's a really good runner, too. Tom Thompson's quick. He's got good moves. He's fast. I wouldn't say quite as fast as Adrian, who's probably literally the fastest quarterback in the country. Um, but he's, he's pretty competent. I, I think that's the biggest word. It's like he's a competent, experienced, veteran quarterback. And in this win-now season that's coming up, like you mentioned, that's pretty much your only option. <laughs> you know, this there can't be any there's there's no learning curve happening here. There's no ah, let's develop and see how it works for the following year. No. Like dude has to produce this year. And out of all the different options that were out there for Nebraska, it you know, they they got they got one that presumably can do it as long as everybody else does their job too. And Mark, what I think I, I like most about Thompson, and you touched on a little bit, is down in the red zone, he's got such great accuracy on those short to intermediate routes, or whenever the, the field shrinks, whenever uh, everyone's getting jam-packed down inside the red zone, uh, ball placement super important. We saw Adrian struggle with that at times where uh, stuff's mm-hmm. just, you know, uh, an inch or two out of the reach of his receiver goes off the the fingertips and uh, Nebraska has to settle for a field goal attempt which ends up being missed Casey Thompson's really good with that ball placement Uh, and to your point uh, a competent runner but I'd call uh, him a reluctant runner uh, which isn't the worst thing in the role for this Nebraska offense I think especially from what I've seen from from Whipple at Pitt it's all about keeping the chains moving uh, picking up the five yards when you can and uh, it's not necessarily about going and getting a chunk with your legs from Casey Thompson it's about keeping the chains moving and whenever all else fails third and five he can use his legs, try to pick up that first down. That's what I like the most about him is uh, he just seems to keep an offense in rhythm. And he was aided by his run game at Texas, a very strong running game. Uh, but that, that that was what I noticed the most is you didn't see him uh, needing to pick up third and ten all that often because he was keeping the offense in rhythm, picking up three, four yards when he could, getting himself into third and manageable. And that, that's what I like about Casey Thompson is uh, though he might not be the most – explosive guy uh he, he keeps the offense in rhythm as i said and he's going to keep the offense moving down the field he's he's committed to the pocket you know i mean really and 
in that way, he he's a little Mac Jones like. I mean, that's why Mac Jones is doing so well in in the NFL and why he did so well at Alabama is subtle pocket movement. You know, that's a skill. That's that's a skill you have to train yourself to do. Yeah, uh, it's because it's not natural, right? Mm-hmm. It's like everything's collapsing around you. There's maybe a little bit of an opening that you can slide into or step up into and keep your eyes downfield and deliver the ball. That's hard. That's it's, it just goes against your human nature when there's 300 pounders screaming at you. You kind of want to get away from them, <laughs> you know, but he's committed to staying in there and throwing it downfield. So like that alone is going to be a different wrinkle that I don't think we've seen a lot at Nebraska, maybe since Joe Gans. So it's it's um, it's good. It's, there's a there's a lot of positive there. And you could also think, depending on the relationships that he's that he's built over his several years, um, you know, it's it's possible that there could be some guys I want to follow him here, too. And in terms of of how he he runs the ball, I mean, you, you talked about staying in the pocket. I don't want to compare his his whole quarterbacking to this guy, but he reminds me of in terms of pocket presence, in terms of when he decides to tuck it and run. Uh, a little bit of a guy in Trevor Lawrence, who's sneaky, athletic, um, I, and I, again, I, I don't want to give him the lofty expectations of comparing his whole game to Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is incredible. But just in terms of being able to use his athleticism at the right times, pick up the first down. That, that's what I see is what Trevor Lawrence looked like at Clemson, where whenever the the play did break down downfield he was able to pick it up with his legs he didn't necessarily want to be a defense with his legs but he could if it came to that right right yeah that's it's he's he's not gonna panic you know that's maybe one of the best ways to think about it is that he's he's not gonna panic and think the play is breaking down and he's not gonna panic and not pull the trigger and hold on to the ball too long I mean he he gets it out he's got a quick release it's it's solid. It's a it's a good pickup for Nebraska, and I think he has enough of that run element that will um, please Frost, which you know he wants to have a you know a running quarterback element, maybe more so than Whipple does. Um, so that mesh, he he just he seems like that good compromise <laughs> between sort of the the two systems that are meshing together this year. Scott Frost has wanted a throw first quarterback, okay, and. You have seen it work where you have an athlete that is mobile to be dangerous and wear out of defense on third down for a scramble. Think of Mariota, right? Think of Gabriel, well, not Gabriel, but uh, think of Milton, right? Guys that weren't afraid to uh, to scramble, but when push came to shove, they were going to make their money uh, with the, the, the quick blinking, right, with this offense and getting the ball out. Uh, and you look at Pickett even, and, and he wasn't going to run for 100, but he could sting you with a scramble here or there. And he's just evasive enough in the pocket, right? That's what you want in this system. Uh, and and that's, that's a whole work in progress uh, between Frost and Whipple right now with the want, the need, and then, of course, getting the execution of of, of your signal caller. So it, it'll be pretty fun to watch this spring session, right, with the quarterback battle. Uh, let's go to the, the guys in the room, right? And, and we know Logan Smothers, his best asset is is his toughness, uh, his, his grittiness, and he just tries to find a way to get it done. I know there's been questions about his passing ability. That's still a work uh, in progress. I, I'm anxious to see Logan Smothers, his response to the portal edition, 
Harburg, his response to the portal edition, and I know the 14th is not far off. Uh, all signs still point to uh, a, a Chubba Pretty also uh, officially visiting for Nebraska. So Nebraska wants a, a, a future guy, wants a, wants a go-get-it-done-now guy. And meanwhile, you still have guys on campus that, that, you, that were recruited by this head coach. So let's see how it all shakes out and may the best man go in and the backups continue to get developed and prepared. I mean, and yesterday we, we learned pretty matter-of-factly that Nebraska is still looking for a second quarterback to bring in in the portal when Nebraska offered uh, the glance kid out of uh, Iowa Western, uh-huh. former Bellevue West product. Uh, Nebraska knew yesterday that they, they had Casey Thompson in the boat, uh, and, and they still sent out an offer to uh, another quarterback. I wonder if that's uh, a backup plan if, if Chuba Purdy doesn't want to come in and sit for another year, if he wants to go somewhere to play immediately. I, I wonder if that's the the backup. We'll, we'll try to get Nate Glance in here. And, and do I think Nebraska – could be fine with one quarter or transfer portal quarterback coming in. I, I do. I wouldn't be opposed to that, but it's pretty clear Nebraska is still looking for another guy in the portal as well. Where are you guys at with Smothers? Do you think it's, I don't want to say over, but I, I don't, I don't look at him as a guy that shies from competition. I don't worry about him in this short term, having a reaction of, all right, it's time to get the U-Haul. Um, I think he's a guy that will go after it, continue to grind and, and see where things are at through spring. And, and even who knows if if that means uh, there's departures in the quarterback room. I mean, that's what happens. You add, you lose. Uh, I just hope Nebraska's able to keep both. And I know that's a, a crazy thought, but I, I want to see Mark Whipple with Smothers. I want to see Coach Whipple with Harburg. Uh, and unless Casey Thompson's uh, a really nice get, and I think that'll be pretty big time. It's a great option for Nebraska. But uh, you you recruited both these guys th- that have been in the room for a reason. And uh, it also kind of comes down to skill set as well. Uh, what what matches best with what you want to do offensively. And, and we've seen an, enough coaching changes where there's been square peg round hole, right? Where... Uh, and, and I think back to um, to Joe in, in the in the first year of Callahan, exactly. where you have a yep. a dual threat quarterback trying to run a pro style. <laughs> it's not that guys yep. can't do it, but they're more apt to do what they've been recruited for versus what is the the, the new system that comes in. This system's been in place; it's it's just kind of sputtered. Uh, is is Casey Thompson the guy that keeps the Nebraska offense from sputtering? Uh, with uh, better help on the offensive line in a run game. He he had an incredible running back in Robinson at Texas mm-hmm. that really helped things. Going through Thompson's numbers, and while uh, you know he was four and six as the starter, uh, a number of times, man, he put up enough points to, to win ball games. And uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but a lot of one-score games. <laughs> a, lot, yeah. a lot of one-score games that, that Texas fell in. And there were also instances where, where Texas had the lead, and it was the defense that that was unable to uh, to get some stops with uh, the Baylor game, with the Oklahoma game for sure, with the Kansas game, the, the KU game. I mean, the guy was six touchdowns, and I mean Texas wouldn't be in that game if it wasn't for uh, Thompson against uh, Kansas. <laughs> he, he led a comeback late, and it was it was Kansas really showing a lot of resilience. 
Uh, but, I mean, what was it? Texas was down 21 in the third quarter against Kansas, and Thompson led them all the way back before they eventually ended up falling. But mm-hmm. they wouldn't be in that game if it wasn't for Casey Thompson. Yeah, I remember that drive pretty vividly where, okay, KU goes up, and then you're like, this is over, and, and now it's good overtime <laughs> because Thompson put an incredible drive together, made one hell of a throw to get it to the end zone. Mm-hmm. And you're just wondering, oh, no, is KU going to be able to hang on? But, no, this is pretty uh, pretty interesting, great work by Nebraska and, you know, we've, re- we've reached out to people that are close to the, the, the family. We've reached out to Charles Thompson as well, and hopefully we'll have him for you here next week. But I look at, at Casey Thompson's maturity, uh, the age, uh, what he's seen, and Cranach, how he's grown up, right? I mean, he, he knows the spotlight. He knows uh, kind of that, uh, that pedigree of, of a famous father, and, and stud quarterback at a program like Oklahoma when Oklahoma was rolling, right, and winning championships. And then you go to a place like Texas. The, the Nebraska Fishbowl is the Nebraska Fishbowl, and, and he seems like a guy that can embrace that and also uh, come in the right way and, and connect with his teammates. That's going to be really important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's again, that, you know, 23 years old, it'll be, what, his fifth year? Yep. In college, yeah, fifth year in college. Um, you mentioned his dad being around Nebraska, Oklahoma, of course. And so he grew up around that, you know, he understands the magnitude of Nebraska having been in the fishbowl at Texas, that won't be anything new to him here. So it's yeah, it, Nebraska got exactly what they needed. That, that doesn't mean though, that doesn't mean that the hype machine is turned up to nine or 10 and everybody's calling for greatness here. And everybody's saying that he's going to be all big 10. It's not that. Um, it's just that y- y- of all the boxes you need to tick mm-hmm. to give yourself a fighting chance at salvaging this this program under this regime, you got that dude. I mean, you got him. Needed a veteran guy. Needed somebody that that is a is a proven thrower. Needed somebody that is a capable runner. Um, you know, need somebody that's not going to be awed by the by the lights. Uh, he's he's good there. He loves big so, games. He yeah, loves he five big, touchdowns <laughs> against OU. He loves big games. Five touchdowns against OU, right? Exactly. So all the boxes are ticked. I I don't think he has this all everything greatness potential. I don't think he's a big NFL prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, and I don't think he's gonna blow people away all the time, but. Not sure you even necessarily need that. I don't know if you need a superstar at court. Yes, you want one. <laughs> I, I don't think he's a superstar, but I think he's a really good player. I think he, I think he's somebody that can stabilize the position, which is what you need more than anything, and be able to make the easy plays and what Elijah was saying, keep the chains moving. He seems committed to that as much as, as uh, any quarterback that you'll watch. So, it, look, it, Frost, Whipple, Nebraska will have a fighting chance with this guy under center. But uh, in the, in the doesn't question, mean they're going to set records. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. But they got a fighting chance. And, and the question becomes, 
who is Nebraska going to put around Casey Thompson? Because as you said, he, he's not going to going to light the world on fire, not going to be some first-round NFL draft pick. He's going to need help around him, uh, particularly a, a running game. That starts with the offensive line. I know Nebraska's brought in some portal additions, but the question becomes, does Nebraska be bring in a, a transfer running back as well to come in and compete in that room? Uh, does the offensive line get better under Riola next season? That's what the question is going to become moving forward is, what does Nebraska have around Casey Thompson? Because the offense can't just be Casey Thompson like we had last year with just Adrian Martinez being the offense. Yeah, the this, the 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 years of one man banding it, <laughs> where yeah. you're asking your quarterback to do everything, right? Be an eraser can't happen. It's, that's that's not worked. It's not been consistent. While you've been in about every ball game, you've you've come up short. What's the what do you do? How do you reload defensively? Right? Can you get a similar effort defensively? Where you're only allowing about 22 points a ball game, and then and finally get an offense that scores in the red zone, be it three or, or seven. So uh, we'll get uh, caught up next with Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman. Cedric joined us to kick off yesterday. The rewind on the way, and Cedric's take on Casey Thompson covering him. For his uh, years down in Texas. Weekend edition. Right now it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now back with Hale Varsity Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. With Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. In Texas, we say hi to Cedric Golden from the Austin American Statesman at Ced Golden uh, on Twitter's where you find him. The On Second Thought podcast is must listen to. Cedric, uh, let's talk some quarterback here, bud. Happy Friday. Thanks for making time. Man, how's it going? Long time, Chris. Oh, uh, I'm I'm in a steakhouse that has over 250 uh, whiskeys, and I get to see a, a pretty good country music show. And now we have now we have quarterback news. Said, <laughs> man, hey, it's all coming up spades in Nebraska, man. Steak and a new quarterback; <laughs> those go hand in hand, I would think. I think so, uh, Cedric. You've done an amazing job uh, covering Texas. And interested in your thoughts from from your time around the Texas program on Casey Thompson. What's your take on the player and also the person? Well, he's a he's a, the player is a very talented uh, thrower of the football. Uh, I know that uh, he was off to a tremendous start his junior year, and what happened was he hurt his thumb really bad against Oklahoma, and he was really never the same down the stretch, and it kind of coincided with Texas uh, kind of falling apart as a ball club. They were they were on their way to being 6-1, and one, but they blew a 28-7 lead to OU, and they won another game And so until the Kansas State game. So I, I think that um, uh, Casey Thompson is a, a uh, quality, quality uh, college quarterback, completed about 64% of his passes, 24 touchdowns, only nine picks. Uh, played hurt, a very cerebral guy. You will learn the playbook. You will live in the film room. And I think most most important, besides being able to, to do the job, is the fact that he's a high-character guy. It's very important to have a high-character guy at the most important position in all of team sports. So uh, he will be he will be a a crowd a crowd favorite 
because he, he knows how to play the game. He's always prepared, and, and he's a playmaker, and I think uh, Nebraska could use that. Cedric Golden's with us here, Austin American Statesman. His thoughts, uh, spent the last several years covering Casey Thompson. Cedric's been doing it the best you can, covering Texas football and all things down in Austin at Ced Golden on Twitter. So, Cedric, you mentioned character, you mentioned film study, and uh, just some of the highlights I've seen of him. And I, and I watched Texas when they're on. I Texas, Oklahoma. That's on. And the, the one thing that I liked about Casey here, just seeing a few uh, little snippets of his, of his film, is his poise in the pocket. Uh, Nebraska and Adrian Martinez just had so much going on and going wrong at times in the pocket. Uh, there was some inconsistency. You flip it around. I know that, that Casey was under duress from time to time, but yet he stood in and he made some big-time throws. Did you see that early, or is that something that he's kind of evolved with? I know he has, what, 19 career games. Where has he been in the pecking order, and why, Why, in your opinion, did it take till early last year for him to, to get the job? Well, I think um, I, we were all pretty surprised when um, – Coach Steve Starkeesian named uh, Hudson Card as the starter. We thought that Casey would be the starter at first. Uh, I saw a couple of spring practices, and he looked really good in that game. And then we remembered when he debuted, uh, you know, in place of uh, Sam Ellinger in the bowl game, uh, he came in like a, like a house on fire with, with uh, four second-half touchdown passes in that win over Colorado. And so – uh, we knew he had the arm talent. We knew that he was cerebral cat, and we knew that he could he could uh, run when necessary to move those chains. So, um, you know, it it, it was uh, surprising that uh, he was not named the starter. And then they have a really bad game at Arkansas, and that's Hudson Card's start. And uh, he handed uh, Sarkeesian said, "We're going to give Casey a chance uh, because he's earned it. Yeah, because it was such a close." Uh, fight for the starting job, and he never let that starting job go after that. Uh, played through an injury to his, to his throwing hand on his thumb, uh, and and still put up some some pretty quality numbers. Uh, people talk about them losing to Kansas. It wasn't Casey Thompson's fault. He threw six touchdowns in that game. So I think that um, I, I just I just think that he's probably uh, going to be a really good fit there. Uh, he has an all skill game. Uh, he doesn't have a huge arm, and I know that might be a concern uh, throwing it around in that thick air in November up in Lincoln. Uh, but 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 he's very accurate, and he has a, a a very good deep ball. That's 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 one of his strengths, and he does what he has to do. He's a chain mover, and uh, in these days, uh, you, you've seen some of the better teams in college football. Uh, not all of them have great quarterbacks. I don't think anyone would call Stetson Bennett uh, a Heisman Trophy candidate, but he's the kind of quarterback that makes things happen. And, and uh, Casey and Stetson have a lot in common, but I think uh, Casey Thompson may have a better arm talent than Stetson Bennett. Cedric Golden's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. A few minutes here. Cedric Golden's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. At said Golden on Twitter. Uh, I'll have to jump in here in a second. Real quick, uh, are, are you – answer me this, Said, Do you think there's a lot of football that Adrian Martinez played? He's down at Kansas State now, so you'll get to see him in the Big 12. 
compare Casey to Adrian? Uh, is it an upgrade? Is it an even swap? Uh, and, of course, there's some new to this, right? You've got a new coordinator in Mark mm-hmm. Whipple with Scott Frost, and Scott Frost needs to win now. I really like what I saw out of Adrian. It's very, that's a very even comparison. Um, I like I like uh, Adrian because he. Um, when I look at both of those guys, Adrian ran more. He ran more than Casey. Uh, Casey uh, runs more when necessary. I think Adrian's more of an offensive runner. I know he was over 600 yards, scored seven or eight touchdowns on the ground. Um, I, I just and and you know when you're fourth in the. Um, very, very good defensive Big Ten and passer rating. Uh, you're not chopped liver, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Big 12. Um, I know that he's a playmaker. Um, uh, it was K-State, right? K-State had, um, had a really good year, and, uh, yep. you know, Skylar Thompson's been there forever, and he's taken his league. Uh, Adrian Martinez is a really nice pickup for them. Isn't it weird, guys, that we, we're talking about these college guys almost like they're free agents from the pros? Uh, it's still taking me a while to get used to this transfer <laughs> portal. Guys switching uh, zip codes uh, rapidly. But you know what? Uh, it's, it's a brave new world, and, and if, the, if the kids are benefiting for, from it, I'm all for it. Cedric, whenever we're comparing Adrian and Casey Thompson here, what one of the big differences that I can see is that Texas, uh, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but with uh, that great running back they have in Robinson, they have a, a pretty effective run game down there, which helped him out. And Adrian didn't always have a, a consistent run game during his time at Nebraska. Is, is that assessment fair that uh, Thompson at times was helped by having a, a strong running game at Texas? Absolutely. Um, Bijan Robinson ran for 1,200 yards in uh, 10 games. And so when you have that and you have an offensive line that was not a world beater. So, uh, you know, and he, uh, so there are a lot of nights where Casey was running for his life. And it, it was very evident that he was able to overcome some of the deficiencies up front and still make plays. He also had a freshman All-America receiver in Xavier Worthy, who's, a, who's, who's going to be uh, an NFL player in, in two or three seasons because he's that good. So, uh, Texas was blessed with talent at the skill positions. Didn't really have great uh, uh, power or talent up front on the on the offensive line. But Casey Thompson was still able to persevere and, and put up some really good numbers. And uh, not a very big guy. He took some hits and came and always came back. Uh, not not one of those guys like uh, that, that, that you could keep on hitting and expected not to to make a dent because he's not huge, but. Uh, very tough-minded, uh, very single-minded of purpose, a student of the game. He grew up with college football at the dinner table. Uh, he, he and his dad are, the, are the, his two worst critics. So he would come, he would come back after a six-touchdown game and, and tell us that, uh, yeah, I missed out on three or four throws that I could have had. Uh, played a great game against Oklahoma, six TD passes. So I think he had five in that game. And, and so when you look at the complete body of work with Casey Thompson, and you look at where he's going in Nebraska, uh, I don't think it's a sizable upgrade from Adrian because Adrian was quality. But I think as a thrower of the football, I, I think that uh, Casey uh, represents an improvement in that area. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he runs like Adrian Martinez ran, but it's going to be interesting to see what Scott and that uh, offensive uh, coaching crew does to uh, get the most out of Casey Thompson. I think you got a winner there. 
Cedric Golden with us, Austin American Statesman. His thoughts uh, covering Casey Thompson down in uh, Texas, down in Austin, and uh, Nebraska getting their, uh, their, their transfer quarterback with experience. Coach Frost wanting that, Mark Whipple wanting that, and uh, we'll see who uh, comes out on top uh, after spring ball. Uh, Cedric, you're awesome for, for squeezing us in. Uh, a last thought here, you, you touched on on uh, a football family miserable after the day after Thanksgiving. Their own dime came up here to scope out Lincoln. What what does this do for a guy like Casey Thompson to have his father, who's seen it all, done it all, uh, had some ups and downs and, and, and really responded the right way? Uh, how has that helped him grow? And how does that position him for competing like he did in Texas and now onto a fishbowl like Lincoln? That's a great question because, you know, I always put it like this. I'm a music fan and you guys are getting ready for a concert. I, I don't believe a blues singer who's never gone through anything. And Casey <laughs> Thompson's dad has gone through it. He's, he's He had a great uh, he had great seasons at Oklahoma and then he, then he got in trouble with the law. And then he becomes a father, and we all want our kids to to end up better than we did. So he's using his benefit of his experience, good and bad, to help his son's journey. And now Casey Thompson, one thing about the transfer portal, when you go to a team, you go to a school, you know they want you. So he's he's going in there knowing that he's going to be the guy. He's got a, a great mentor as a father, and, and, and he's going to a traditional powerhouse that's looking to make some noise in the Big Ten. So I'm uh, very excited uh, to see how that's going to play out. I know I know that he's not uh, one to run away from any challenge. He's feeling good about where he's going. Uh, I hope to speak to him in the, in the next few weeks to see, um, you know, how excited he is about this challenge. Uh, you're, you guys are going to really enjoy Casey Thompson. He's fun. Uh, he loves mob movies. Uh, yeah, if you want to get on his good side, just mention some movies. I hope the last time I saw him, I asked him if he'd seen The Departed yet, and he said that was uh, at the top of his of his playlist. He was just waiting on the season to finish up. So that's that's going to be the Casey Thompson. You see a personable kid, a, uh, a team guy, and, and a really uh, quality person. You're going to really like him. Cedric Golden with us, Austin American Statesman on Second Thought Podcast at Ced Golden on Twitter, covers Texas. Ced, we'll do this again, man, and, and we'll uh, we'll get something lined up and, and talk about the Irishmen and uh, Goodfellas and and uh, the Godfathers and all of that with Casey. That Thanks for the heads up on that, man. Well, man, hey, Chris, always a pleasure to talk to you guys. And, man, y'all have fun at the concert. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranick. One final time this hour, weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranick, Elijah Herbal, coming up, Brandon Vogel with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, and uh, Gary Sharp at 8.30. A lot of news today with Casey Thompson making his announcement yesterday at 3 that he is all in, transferring to Nebraska, and uh, we'll get uh, Vogue's and Sharpie's take. Good stuff from Cedric Golden, if you just caught part of that or want the full interview, ESPNLincoln.com on demand. 
Uh, Cedric, uh, your aficionado for Texas football with Austin American Statesman and uh, a great uh, connection with Casey Thompson. Also, Cranach spent some time just uh, texting Dean Blevins yesterday, and Dean's, uh, you know, Mr. Sooner Insider, and he knows Charles uh, super well, and uh, Dean had some some really kind thoughts in his conversations with Charles and and Casey uh, about uh, the Nebraska program, just what he saw uh, down in Norman this year in, in that that legendary game. We were on the road yesterday at the Single Barrel. Big thanks to Matt and the crew for having us out ahead of Eric Church. Incredible show last night. A lot of fun, man. It felt good to be out uh, and back in action at PBA. Cradak, you're a, you're a really wonderful cook. You're you're famous for your chili. Uh, Uncle Nate and I, Uncle Uncle Nate and I, fired up some pork bellies last night <laughs> from uh, from Single Barrel, and uh, I think I'm gonna go back today and order some more <laughs> some more pork bellies. They were incredible. It was a little bit of a uh, Korean barbecue uh, twist to it. Oh, God bless it. That no. sounds good. You're not a lot living. of saturated fat and cholesterol in there, Chris. Be careful. I'll hit the gym later. You're not living though until you you get the pork belly and you make some uh, some like faux burnt ends with the pork belly. Okay. You chop them up into to little cubes, throw them on the smoker, and then sauce them up. Oh, it's delicious. It's it's meat candy. That, that's the, the way it melts in your mouth. You get a nice glaze on the outside. Throw some honey in your uh, in your sauce. Oh, oh, it's incredible. That is good. So let's talk Trey Palmer here. Uh, he has entered the portal. Did so back December sixteenth. Uh, with LSU, former five-star wide receiver, and going to be headed to Lincoln uh, beginning January 14th. Uh, credit to, to Evan Bland. He's reporting this with the World Herald. And, uh, you know, potentially uh, Mickey strikes again, Cranach, uh Nebraska trying to add to the receiver room. Yeah, it's what's interesting is you have, what, next weekend is kind of, d-day right it is with with uh, yeah. potentially pretty and, and and of course palmer here and this guy's a, a, a potential talent at wide receiver we know he's talented you just got to see it on on the division one field but you saw it as a kick and punt returner with a couple of touchdowns last year for lsu yeah well and but look so so next weekend um it's january 18th is when nebraska starts classes again mm-hmm so anybody that's going to transfer in and be eligible to participate in the spring, at least, decision has to be made by next weekend, basically, because you have to start classes. Now, of course, this little bug in the system with Nebraska, um, with the university, is like if you're if you apply and are accepted, you get into the student directory. <laughs> it's just, it's just whether or not you're even going. Yeah. You get into the student direct, and Trey Palmer is in Nebraska's student directory. There, there was a super sleuth yesterday on Twitter that went and found his uh, his new Nebraska email address. Ah, I'm, See, w- I'm wondering how that's going to work out. Opening that up this morning, <laughs> which, which he may or may not even check. You know, it's probably like T Palmer oh seven five six three eight. You know, at UNL.edu. But uh, it's, I mean, that's a promising sign, and the fact that he's coming here, and he had. It was like three, four, five touchdowns last year. Three touchdowns, um, catching the football. Yards, yeah, I mean, five yards. You know, it wasn't wasn't like their number one target or anything, but their offense kind of generally struggled. Their whole team struggled last year mm-hmm. to some degree. Um, but a former like five star guy, um, you know, he's also got experience. And before we kind of poo poo the fact that oh he hasn't been very productive. I mean, compare that to like say Xavier Betts stats. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Xavier Betts stats aren't great either. 
but I think we all know, having seen him, that there is a world of talent inside inside that kid. Uh, you just got to figure out how to get it out, and you got to have the right offense and the right quarterback and the right situation, um, maybe the right teaching, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But you know the talents there, and I, you know, this would be a similar situation. And the fact that you now have now, if you're a receiver, and you enter the portal, you you want to know who's throwing you the damn ball. You do. And right? you also want to go know. you want to go play for a guy that I don't know has thrown guys into the NFL and they have wowed everybody. Hour 2 coming up with Hale Varsity. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Thanks for hanging out. Our two weekend edition, Hail Var City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, and Elijah Herbal in this morning. And uh, we got our two kicked off. The big news yesterday, Casey Thompson, the portal transfer from Texas now in Lincoln, a chance to Find that quarterback uh, for Nebraska in 2022. We welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon Vogel at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter is where you find him. Read his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Vogue's a lot of smoke this week on Casey Thompson. Have you wrapped your mind around the fact that there is connection with Oklahoma, Texas, and now Nebraska here potentially signal calling for the Big Red. Yeah, I think I have. I mean, <laughs> not to not Just to pause. age all of us on this call, all of us on this call minus Elijah, but uh, those connections I think uh, resonate a lot more deeply with uh, you, you, Mark, and myself uh, than they do. You know, it's, it's been a while. It was nice to get back to Oklahoma. It was nice to have that rivalry. Uh, "Quote unquote revived this year, but this is a, a different era of college football, and, and those old connections. I mean, it's becoming a much more of a quote unquote global sport, and, and we're seeing it writ large this year with just all of the activity in the transfer portal." Vogues, what what do you like about Thompson? You watch a ton of football. Obviously, you, you do a great job covering Nebraska, but uh, I'm sure. I mean, I always tune in for Oklahoma Texas, the Red River rivalry. And I remember that game pretty vividly with what Thompson did for Texas. And it wasn't about his shortcomings. It was the, the Bevo D that, that took a vacation quite often last season. I think Nebraska is getting a pretty good, uh, pretty good talent. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and I think the most intriguing thing to me so far is how his strengths represent something different that Nebraska hasn't had a quarterback in the frost era, but you might go all the way back, you know, minus the Tanner Lee year. Casey Thompson is a different kind of quarterback than Taylor Martinez or Tommy Armstrong or uh, Adrian Martinez. So, so that's intriguing. Um, is it a guarantee that uh, it's going to come with improvement? No, there's, there's not a ton of guarantees in college football, no matter what position or player you're talking about. But I think it does kind of underscore a couple of key things for Nebraska, the football program, to get better as a whole. And I think Thompson's a player who can help them get there. Um, but but some of this is is beyond his pure purview, I guess. 
Do we have Mark Cranach? Cranach, you with us, brother? Well, I'll work on getting him read okay. out. I went on mute. Man. Oh, sorry. Ah, there yeah, it is. Right. We, 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 we pause and we're like, all right, I know. Cranach, you're Sorry, I'm, I'm back. Okay. Um, Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Brandon, <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird to say out loud, but you know, considering Nebraska is coming off five straight losing seasons, I, that's the first go, time I've ever said that. Go back on mute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe go back. Um, five straight losing seasons. You have a you have a, a coach that's essentially on a one year contract now. I mean, not officially, but basically, he's on a one year contract. Um, I'm not sure you could expect a whole lot better than what Nebraska got. In fact, I think Nebraska might have outkicked their coverage a little bit here, considering everything that's stacked against Nebraska right now. Isn't this almost best-case scenario that you land a quarterback with Thompson's attributes and, and maturity? I, I, I guess I, I, was, I was trying to figure out how Nebraska would remain an appealing destination for somebody um, with his skill set and with his experience, but it, it, it worked out. Yeah, I think they came pretty close to topping out with this one. Um, you know, I think 24-7 had Thompson as the 13th best um, quarterback in the portal. And if you told me that at the start, and before, you know, the great quarterback reshuffling it happened across the country, and where would Nebraska land if you told me the 13th best guy, I, I probably would have taken that because you'll look at, you know, you know all of these players are hearing this from teams that are up against Nebraska for whatever quarterback it may be of, you know, hey, this is a short-time situation. And if you've got more than a year or two of eligibility, how can you know for sure that the coaches you're committing to are going to be there? Um, and that happens you know, all over the country uh, when, when you're going up against schools that are in that specific spot. So so I would agree with you. Um Nebraska being able to get a player of Thompson's caliber. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, he's, he's been at Texas, which is a program that gets a ton of attention that has also seen its share of adversity in, in the past four, five, six, seven seasons like Nebraska has and, and gone through coaching change. Um, getting a player who's been through some of those battles and has started games, I think helps a great deal. You know, Chubb Purdy is still planning to come to Nebraska, at least as far as we know. Uh, and he's an intriguing option and intriguing talent, uh, high upside guy. I think he just hasn't played a ton of football and, and that would have been a tougher sell for me. If that were a player like him, were the only player Nebraska was able to get going into spring football. Nebraska needed to get two quarterbacks in the portal. They're, they're working on part two of this plan, uh, the weekend of the 14th. But, uh, the, the story is Casey Thompson, Guys, the, the way you've laid it out is best-case scenario. Now, all you got to do is have it work, <laughs> and uh, that's easier said than done. What, what do you think is, like, step one here for Thompson uh, this week and, and beyond? I mean, what, what's his task now, uh, now that he is going to play for Nebraska? Uh, what, what are some things you think he can kind of do to – get connected and, and start forming some bonds. Yeah. Well, I think step one is that um, you've got to become a guy who can bond with, with your teammates and, and become a guy that 
players are willing to follow, um, you know, and that's never a given in, in watching some interviews with Casey and in, in talking to a couple of people who covered him at Texas. I think there's a good chance he'll, he'll be able to do that. Um, he seems like a pretty natural, natural leader um, and a pretty, you know, I don't know if this is a, I don't have enough information to make this, but my first impression is he doesn't strike me as kind of, you know, a big personality that could be abrasive to, to some people. So I, I think that's really the key. Um, can he come in talent and ability wise and his fit with what, you know, Nebraska has done and probably will hope to do in the future that that's going to change a little bit. And that might help with that integration. You know, we'll see how much this offense is going to actually change. I don't expect it to be drastic, but if there is a little bit of a learning curve for everyone involved, it kind of helps, I think, the new guy coming in to be on a more level playing field with some of those veteran players. So that's that's the big thing. I think a lot of that happens in off-season workouts and in the meeting rooms uh, in terms of the rapport Thompson's able to build with his new teammates. The other piece of this that I like with just Thompson and how he plays and what his strengths are compared to what Adrian Martinez's strengths were is it really puts the focus back on what I think has been the central issue for Nebraska since that 2019 season did not go as planned, which is they've got to find a, a more consistent handoff run game. And Adrian Martinez with his ability as a running quarterback offered an out sometimes to, to having to have that. But I think it also disguised how inconsistent that piece of Nebraska's game was Thompson probably isn't going to do that, at least not to the level that Adrian Martinez did, because not many people can do it to the level that Adrian Martinez did. So it's really going to put a focus on, hey, this spring and through the offseason, we have got to figure out a way to run the ball consistently with our running backs, because if we don't, we're leaving this new quarterback we got out to dry a little bit. Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And, you know, similar question with Nebraska landing um, Casey Thompson. If you look at all the different pieces that Scott Frost has had to assemble since letting go of his offensive staff, save uh, Sean Becton, I I feel like overall Nebraska has, again, kind of outkicked their coverage, landing a veteran offensive coordinator, proven offensive coordinator, Heisman Trophy uh, tutoring Heisman Trophy candidate, tutoring offensive coordinator, Mickey Joseph with his recruiting ties and the amount of production that he's generated um, as, a, as a receivers coach. Jury's still out, I think, a bit on Riola, of course, but it, it just overall seems like Nebraska has done better than you could have expected considering their circumstances. Is that your read overall on this offseason overhaul? Yeah, I think so. Um, so you kind of go through those piece by piece. You know, Rayola is, is, a, is a little bit of the wild card. Um, and now everything you're hearing since he's been hired about just kind of his enthusiasm for offensive line play and his knowledge of that um, is, is really intriguing. So that's the one that's kind of, you know, you just don't have as much book on him 
as you do the others. Getting uh, Mickey Joseph, you know, that's one where things kind of lined up, you know, with obviously his history as a player at Nebraska, but also the fact that LSU was going through a, a transition. If that's not happening, that's a hire that may be harder to pull off. Well, it certainly would be higher, harder to pull off. And then Mark Whipple, you know, kind of comes out of left field a little bit. You know, if you think back to a month ago when we were kind of everyone's trying to figure out, okay, who are candidates for, for this position? Uh, he gets done helping lead Pitt to it, its best season in recent memory. And then all of a sudden he's, he's in the mix. So I, I would agree. I think – you know, Nebraska as a program, it, it, I, don't, I don't want this to sound too harsh, but just via the circumstances, the program is still what the program is. It doesn't have a lot of curb appeal for, for reasons we talked about earlier. You know, it's just an uncertain situation. And for players in the transfer portal or even assistant coaches, they're not looking for uncertainty. <laughs> they're looking for a place where they can, you know, improve kind of their position, whatever that may be, and, and be there for a while. So all that considered, I think Nebraska has done pretty well. Brandon, when you look at the, the transformation of this offense, I know quarterback is huge, and I think we're expecting uh, Casey Thompson to be the odds-on favorite to be to quarterback one, but there's still a lot of uncertainty in the running game, which we've touched on a little bit this morning. Do, do you think Nebraska, uh, who's still out searching for a, a new running, back, running backs coach, excuse me, do you think that there's any – movement towards getting a transfer running back as well, or does Nebraska like what they have in the room with the running backs? And uh, I also think that the, the offensive line is huge, and they have a couple transfer offensive linemen coming in, but where does Nebraska's running game stand going into 2022? Yeah, that's that's the key question. I, I think they, I mean, they, I think they'll be in the running back transfer market, but with that one, as opposed to quarterback, they can be a little bit slower with that. Now, you're going to have a lot of good transfer running backs. Probably the top transfer running backs are already in the portal. And, you know, some of them have already made decisions and some of them will shortly. But you don't have kind of the hard deadline that I thought Nebraska probably had to have with a quarterback because you want that guy to be able to go through spring and you want that player to, I mean, the quarterback's just such a vital role. Running back, I think they can. I think they can wait a little bit. Um, we'll see. We've seen in previous seasons that post spring ball, you kind of get a second wave of players enter the transfer portal as their situation may change, or they may just want it to change. Um, so if, if Nebraska doesn't end up with with a running back, there's still some time for that, and I think that would be okay. But I would expect them to be in the market to just add another person who can potentially play right away I, I still like the the talent nebraska has in that room but it just hasn't lined up for you know there to be kind of a second wave of, of a young player and i mean maybe gabe Irvin is that uh presuming you know he comes back from his injury and everything is, is good on that front maybe he can be that player but if i were a coaching staff i would want a little insurance and that insurance probably comes in the form of a transfer running back Bogues, we we don't know who or where Nebraska is going to go for the running backs coach position, right? I mean, we can talk about adding a name to the running back room, but who's going to be coaching those guys up? And I think the the triumvirate of of Irvin, Ramir, and and Yant could be really nice for Nebraska. But you you kind of nailed it with the consistent handoff run game. That's got to be 
money for Nebraska in 2022. Uh, a thought here, a name that's been out this week, right? We, we've heard uh, about Florida and their running backs coach, Knox. That name's been mentioned. TCU's running backs coach and former recruiting coordinator uh, at Colorado State is Coach Applewhite. Uh, A.J. Allen is uh, a four-star prospect that, that TCU's been in on, and and now we'll see if Nebraska's making uh, overtures that direction. Do you know much about Applewhite? What's, what's been your impression of, of, of TCU and their ground attack? Uh, could this be a fit for Nebraska? Yeah, I think it could be. Um, you know, it's one of those where the kind of attachment to a current prospect uh, has has some appeal. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get beyond that, you know, his history as a recruiting coordinator, the fact that he's in Texas, or even if Nebraska did go, you know, with Knox in the Florida route, uh, having those those connections to – to, to big-time programs in recruiting hotbeds, I think would be kind of the long-lasting impact of that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Nebraska went either way. And I, I think either of those could be could be really good hires. Um, so much of this is uh, recruiting right now and, and those connections that you're able to build and being at a place like Florida obviously it helps coming to a place like Nebraska. TCU, you know, traditionally has been a little bit the, the tier below, kind of a Florida-Nebraska tier, but as a, a Power 5 member since effectively, you know, Nebraska's and the, Nebraska and the others left the Big 12, so you've got a good decade there. You know, that's, that's not a program anymore where you kind of residually think of it as, as a G5 program. It's a solid P5 program in a in a heavily recruited area, and TCU's had some pretty good success. Brandon Vogel with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Brandon, this offseason obviously has been ridiculous with coaching moves and um, you know players moving around in, in the portal and uh, recruiting and all that. It's just been so transient. Do you think that is a? Do Do you think maybe it's been a little? overdone this year because of sort of the pent-up demand that happened with COVID where there was maybe a little less movement and everybody just kind of wanted to stay put or go home? Um, Or do you think this is the new norm and we will continue to see this level of movement year after year? I I think it'll, it'll settle down a little bit from what we're seeing right now. I kind of view it as similar to the coaching carousel this year, which I really thought of as basically two years of coach moves smashed into one because of the unique circumstances of 2020. I think there's a little bit of that with, with the transfer portal. It'll probably be slower to come down because that piece of it, as opposed to coaches, which have been used to moving around for a long time, for the players, it still seems like a potentially exciting new avenue. Uh, and one of the things that's interesting, I haven't gone and I'm kind of waiting for things to slow down a little bit myself with the portal, but the number of FCS players that are coming up or going into the portal and then immediately have four or five or six power five offers is an intriguing trend to me. I'll be excited to kind of look at what the actual numbers are there because that, that changes a lot of things too. Um, it's just 
having this these type of type of players who probably you know two three star players in high school at best didn't weren't heavily recruited and ended up at say Georgetown, not a place you you typically think of when you think football. And, and now they're coming out and they've got three or four Big Ten offers. Um, that's a really intriguing piece of this too. So it, it'll be a little bit slower because I think for the players this represents kind of a new era and a new opportunity, and it should um, because that's what it is. But I do think eventually as we get a couple years past that 2020 season and all of the upheaval that that meant, uh, things probably will taper off at least a little bit. Brandon, when you look at how Nebraska has handled the, the portal this year, as a whole, I know it's, it's the the movement's not done yet, especially post spring. I don't see Nebraska having five quarterbacks on a roster, assuming they bring another one in. Uh, that's a that's a question for another day. I just want you to, to rate Nebraska's portal additions so far this offseason. Give me an A to F rating of what you think uh, of who Nebraska has brought in via the transfer portal. Yeah, I would I would say a B um, so far, which I think. Again, so much of the transfer portal movement is is so new that it's you know we're kind of writing what what expectations are as we go. But it stands for reason to me that for those players, particularly those players at the top of the transfer portal, those that put their name in, then immediately you know have ten, twelve schools saying, "Yep, you got an offer here if you want it." Um, they're probably looking for at least this is what I'd be looking for if I were a transfer places where you can step in and fill a need, but also have a team that's, that's set up to, to win right away. And I think Nebraska could be set up to win right away in 2022. Um, it's just not kind of the traditional circumstances you would look at and say, okay, yeah, that's going to be plug and play, and I'm going to go help push this, this team over the top. So given that, I think Nebraska has done pretty well in the transfer portal. You know, it was going to be tough for them to compete for the top, top guys in the portal. But I think they've done a good job of, well, as we were talking about with Thompson, with to Mark's point, uh, kind of maximizing what they were able to get. Brandon Vogel's with us. Vogel's, uh, we'll get you out. Uh, thought on Monday, Georgia, Bama, how are you feeling? I'm excited to watch it. You know, it's <laughs> last time this happened, I, I was Utah, Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game this year. I was like, oh, there's no way that or Utah is just going to do exactly what it did to Oregon. And then it did to, to a shocking degree. I, I would be surprised if that unfolds. You know, this has been kind of a four or five year build for Georgia. And I, I expect them to come out pretty hungry to to get that second opportunity and and to to, to claim it. So Georgia's a slight favorite. I, I think they're probably a deserving slight favorite. Um, but it's just tough to to bet against Alabama. So I think it'll be a really good game. Um, I don't think we'll get a replay of the SEC championship game. And uh, that, if I had to pick now, I'd probably take Georgia to win straight up. That's just what Saint Nick wants you to do. Rat poison. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Vogues, have a good weekend, bud. Thanks for jumping on with us. All right, thanks, guys. There he is. Give uh, Brandon Vogel a follow on Twitter. Read him with HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. Quick time out. Uh, we will bring in the uh, the first show of the new year with uh, the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp on the way. It's Hail Varsity Weekend. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. No passing out this morning. Hail Varsity Radio Weekend Edition presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal in. And we say hi to another year of the Iron Horse. Bless his soul. Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, what's shaking, man? How are you? Happy New Year to uh, all three of you and all of your uh, listeners. Um, it's uh, just everybody's trying to stay safe, trying to stay warm, and uh, trying to figure out if uh, Casey Thompson will be the ironic a Texas quarterback is the guy that actually brings Nebraska back. <laughs> right? <laughs> going, going to Bevo for it. And uh, it, I'm, I'm just pretty excited to see where things go uh, with the Whipple dynamic in the quarterback room. And, of course, Thompson, we, we've got a lot of film here. Uh, his personality and poise, just some of the folks we've talked with that, that have covered him, uh, they love the kid. Uh, now, you know, uh, expectations. Let's go there. Nebraska got uh, part one done here, and they got their portal quarterback with experience. What What are you expecting from, from Casey Thompson, Sharpie, as, as he kind of gets uh, settled in here this week? Well, I expect him to be the starting quarterback. Uh, you know, he's – there's going to be a lot of comparisons between him and Adrian, and I think Adrian with his legs is better than Casey Thompson. I, I think we're going to see the difference with Thompson is decision-making, stuff in the red zone. Uh, I think you'll see those come to light. But but it's also kind of the unknown because him in a Mark Whipple offense, how will he act? And another thing to keep in mind, Casey Thompson now will be on his third offensive coordinator in the last three years. So what will be unlocked that we haven't seen before. But I think it's a good pickup for Nebraska because I, I think it was – it's a situation where Nebraska needs two quarterbacks, and, and essentially they're done at that position because I expect uh, Chuba Purdy to commit next week when he's on his official visit is Mark Whipple got his guy, and Scott Frost probably got his guy. And there will be five scholarship quarterbacks in that room, and there will be competition in the spring, and there will be an opportunity for a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback coach – who is the same, to kind of develop those guys and see where they go. But I think another important thing with Casey Thompson is he's an older guy. He's been through this before. He's been in the fishbowl, being the quarterback at Texas. So this isn't going to be new to him. Um, but, you know, it's not – is he a guy that all of a sudden makes Nebraska the favorite in the West? No. But it's a position of need, and I think they've, fi- they've gotten some things figured out at that position. And he kind of inspires a little bit of hope, and he definitely – uh, sell some tickets for the spring game. Anytime there's a quarterback battle during the spring, you know that there's going to be a lot of attention on spring football and a lot of people in the stands for spring, uh, the spring game. So he did that. It was, a good, it was a good shot in the arm yesterday for Nebraska. Gary Sharp with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Gary, you're right. He's the, he's the clear favorite to be the starting quarterback. Um, I think you got Travis Vokalek as a clear favorite to start a tight end. <laughs> and maybe, maybe you go with a... And Omar Manning, I think, is probably a surefire bet to be one of the receivers. I'm not that confident saying that. Outside of that, are there any clear favorites at any specific position across the entire offense right now as we sit here in January? Well, I would throw bets into there as well at wide receiver. Um, 
you know, other than that, no, it's kind of wide open. You know, there's there's a lot of moving parts, uh, especially a running back, because you could add to that room when you add your position coach. Uh, you've also working with wide receivers. I mean, they they have the opportunity to be pretty deep at wide receiver, and some young guys that will have an opportunity to move up to the front of the line. But and that offensive line, where now kind of the focus is, that offensive line is really five spots that are open with a lot of question marks on. Who's going to fill in for Jurgens? Uh, how how long will it take Teddy Prohaska to come back from his knee injury? Uh, what what do you have in Lutowski? What do you have in Williams? What do you have in Anthony? You know what who you know who's going to snap the football? Is it going to be Piper? Is it going to be Newelli? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of questions on the side of the football. There's you know there's there's still the same questions that Nebraska had personnel wise at the end of the year, but they're starting to fill in some blanks. That's why. The development spring football may may mean more than it's meant in a long time around here for the development and also to establish a pecking order because I think when you look at quarterback, I don't know that you want some uncertainty at positions going into the fall. You know, we like competition, but I think in this case, some stability and some known would be better for this program. Sharpie, I want to go to that quarterback room and great point about you know, Whipple and Frost, each each getting their guy. You have that quarterback room uh, with the new offensive coordinator in Whipple, and, and I'm, you know, intrigued with another year for, for Smothers, another year for Harburg. Torres has come in. And what's your read and feel on, on Smothers? Uh, I love his tenacity. I love how he competes. I thought he managed things very well against Iowa. And, you know, uh, he, he'll give it hell is what he's going to do. You know, every quarterback will try and win that job, portal edition or not. Is is Smothers a guy that they could put into use slash wise? Say he doesn't win the job, right? Say it is Casey Thompson. Do you anticipate the other quarterbacks looking or do you think they could they could look at a guy like Smothers and say, hey, let's let's get you the football some way, somehow, because you're really a pretty talented runner. Well, there's a lot of focus on Smothers uh, coming into the spring because let's say Purdy does commit, mm-hmm. and he has four to play four. Thompson has two to play two. Smothers is sat behind Martinez thinking this was going to be his opportunity. Uh, you know, they're going to shy away from competition, so it's a, a big spring for him. I don't think so. I, it, it, Mark Whipple strikes me as a guy that picks his quarterback, doesn't try and get gimmicky, and sticks with that guy. But, you know, what, what's to say that Logan Smothers doesn't make a run at it? Um, you know, we don't know what he's going to look like under a different quarterback right. coach because Logan Smothers wasn't playing for a reason. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, is that going to change overnight? I don't know. That's on him. That's on him to figure out. But he's in a unique situation because we'll see, you know, you look at his brief career at Nebraska, kind of he was supposed to be the man to replace Adrian Martinez, got to replace him for one game. Martinez leaves. They take away his quarterback coach. They bring in a new OC. What happens to him? And he already knew. I mean, they were up front with the guys in the quarterback room that they were going to pursue quarterbacks in the portal just because they needed to. Um, what does that do? Does that trigger something we haven't seen yet? Is, is something, can Mark Whipple make him into something that he has not been? Um, but I would expect you have five scholarship quarterbacks in that room. You have a couple of walk-ons. You know, they made a preferred walk-on offer to Nate Glance yesterday. You'll probably lose one quarterback after spring when they have a, a clear definition of the depth chart and go, well, I'm third, I'm fourth. I'm going to go somewhere where I can play. And a guy like Smothers, I'm, he's sat a lot at Nebraska. He wants to play. 
But it's a good opportunity because everybody's going to say to you, hey, you know you're not the projected starter. Well, we'll see what that does to him. Gary Sharp with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Gary, the other thing that the offense not only has to like produce at a decent level, I feel like they got to be pretty prolific. If you look at what Nebraska's replacing on defense, it's not like it's just copy-paste from this year and you can just expect that same amount of production next year. I mean, Nebraska's losing their best corner, their best safeties, best linebacker, their best defensive lineman. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, across the board, you're losing your most productive players. Um, do you see it the same way where it's like Nebraska's offense has to be not just competent, but they, they got to put up some points this year. They got to be probably upper half when it comes to scoring. Mark, I absolutely agree with you. You know, there's a lot of questions because you're kind of, you're turning over some positions where younger guys get their first opportunity or they're still kind of young at that position with players that played last year. That's why I think spring is really important on the offensive side of the ball to establish a pecking order, to have some questions that are answered fully, uh, where you don't have to worry about those going to the offseason, and that your offense is very familiar with each other. They know who the quarterback is, and they can work on that. Because, you know, it's not like you ease into the season. You start against Northwestern, who is kind of in the same boat as Nebraska. You know, Northwestern lost the last six games, and that was a terrible year in Evanston. So they're going to be ready to play right out of the gate. Nebraska is going to have to be ready to go right away. And a couple of weeks after you open the season, you got Oklahoma. So I think the spring is important for Nebraska to get rules established on offense. Who's going to be your offensive lineman? Who's going to be that rotation? How are they going to interact with new position coaches? And so that they're kind of the experienced group and the more stable group going into fall camp. So you don't have to worry about that side of the ball. I think that's a great point, Mark. And and that'll be something to watch because that defense is probably going to take a little bit to get going. But if they if they don't and they pick right up where they left off last year, where they were good enough to give you a chance, mm. man, give Eric Chenander more than the raise he's going to get here shortly. Yeah, and uh, Mitch Sherman had a story earlier this week discussing uh, how Eric Schneider is deserving of a, a raise, mostly just to keep him around, keep him from looking around to other jobs. And that was my question to you here, Gary, is I know Nebraska is still in the market for some offensive coaches, running backs coach, uh, special teams coach possibly as well. Uh, but do you think that, that the, 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 the coaching staff that Nebraska has in place on defense is set in stone now that Tony Tuioti has left? Or are you expecting more movement along the Nebraska coaching staff? No, I think on defense, Elijah, they're fine. You know, Mike Dawson will move up. He'll add the role of working with uh, the defensive linemen. Uh, you know, Bill Bush will be the special teams coach, and, and possibly Byron Applewhite is the running back coach formerly at, at TCU, who appears to be the front runner right now. No, I think that side of the ball is stable, but you never know. I mean, it's a wild off season, and you know, there's another domino. What if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan? Well, someone's got to take the Michigan job. They've got to put a staff together. The job they left, that's a new opening. They've got to put a staff together. So you never say never, but I think in this case, these guys are set to move into the offseason. But with Eric Chenander, you know, think about this, guys. They're, they're very rare does an assistant at Nebraska move on while they're at Nebraska, move on to a head coaching job. I mean, the Kevin Steeles, the Tony Samuels of the world, they're very few and far between. But if Eric Chenander's defense had another really good year and they make more improvement, and, you know, they've got to make improvement, Eric Chenander, does he get mentioned for some head coaching jobs around the country? Because as we've gone through this offseason of, you know, uh, uh, 
staff members not being there, hiring staff members, it sounds like Eric Chenander has more of a voice. He's more of a frontline guy when it comes to discussing the program as a whole with recruits or prospective uh, assistant coaches. So he's been given more of a role, and I wonder if another year, if his name starts to pop up for, hey, head coaching candidates, as we see those lists towards the end of seasons of coordinators who are in line to be the next head coach somewhere. He's done a, a remarkable job the way he's built that defense. Well, let me, let me start. Schmidty and Mark, think about it. They're, we're in a situation, and again, the defense was good this year. they can, they got to be better to get where Nebraska wants to go, but who would have thought after four years, and especially after the first year, we'd be talking about Eric Schnander like this because we were ready to run him out of town after year number one. And he's a guy that after year number four, if you look up and down the staff, you're probably like, well, there's a guy that is on the rise. For sure. And not only does he, uh, has he developed and uh, put together a, a very good defense, and we're not saying they're great, we're not saying they're 9 <laughs> but they, they've been good, and they've had really good moments. They did everything but score for, for Nebraska in 2021. Uh, but he does a really nice job recruiting, and not, it's not often you have coordinators that go kill at recruiting. Uh, he he also does that. Uh, Sharpie, you have connections down in Florida. Uh, I want to go back to to Purdy for just a second. What, what's the the word on him? What's the read on him? I know he's been injured. There's not a a ton of tape out there, but but he has played some. Um, is is it just a situation with him and? What went on at Florida State, uh, just, you know, a guy that got injured playing for a bad team that's been in transition. Uh, how do you kind of gauge his, his ceiling, his upside? Well, I think that there's the great unknown. Uh, okay. He's got some good DNA with his brother. He came from a really good high school program. You just don't know. He got injured. Uh, he fell behind in the pecking order at Florida State. The tape is kind of limited on him. So you don't know. And... I think he kind of hit the reset button because he's got a surgically repaired shoulder. So what does he look like if he's fully healthy? Um, you know, he looks very much to me like somebody who has four years to play for uh, that has not played much college football. And that's why when this whole thing was going down and it was you know, Casey Thompson and his dad were in Lincoln and they were touring and they left Lincoln and they didn't officially have an offer. And you wondered, okay, Mark Whipple and Mickey Joseph think that Casey Thompson is the guy. Scott Frost is maybe a little bit, eh, I think Purdy's my guy. You were thinking, I don't know that Nebraska can have a quarterback room where you only have one combined start. Um, so, you know, that that's, Thompson takes care of that. But I don't know. It's, it's tough to say on Purdy, it's, you know, until you see him play. But I think he gets to hit the refresh button if he's healthy to show what he can do and why he was so highly acclaimed coming out of high school. Gary Sharp with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Let's flip over to hoops real quick. And yeah, sorry, Nebraska's got <laughs> Rutgers at one o'clock today. That's a sad um, effect. <laughs> I don't know. It, a couple of weeks ago, when those this was back to back thirty point just debacles, thirty point loss debacles. I I didn't know if Hoiberg would last the year if that was going to be the norm, but seems like they've gotten a little healthier. You got Trey McGowan's coming back. The, They've been much more competitive. That all said, do you feel like Hoiberg is coaching for his job this year? I don't think so, unless it's Fred thinks that way. 
Um, you know, they have it in a month. Their the energy effort is better, but that kind of shows you where we've gone out lower the bar. Um, they still have the same deficiencies that plague them in terms of rebounding and bad basketball IQ and flat selection. Um, they made the move to go through Walker, which I, I think he's the most important player on this roster. Uh, to move the offense through him. And Derek Walker's having a magnificent year, but he needs more help. And he may get that with Trey McGowan's. And Trey McGowan's coming back may change this entire team because some roles and some minutes may change. You know, what do you do with Verge? What happens to Webster? And how it affects his brother, who, you know, his brother is still working on that jump shot and still working on when to shoot the basketball. But if they can get Bryce McGowan's going downhill more and attacking the rim, I think that's the best option for Nebraska. But Nebraska's still these situations where they'll go through ruts and they'll make bad decisions and they'll get hurt on transition defense uh, when you have some uh, you know, leak outs and things like that after uh, a stretch of poor shooting. I think they're the same team in terms of what plagues them a month after that Michigan-Auburn back-to-back. Their energy and effort is better, but I don't think he's coaching for his job. But, you know, Fred May in his head go, man, is this working? Are we headed in the right direction? We'll find out. The schedule is pretty tough here over the next two or three weeks. You know, today you're facing a team that is an NCAA team in Rutgers. It's on the road where you're 1-25 in in true road games. I don't think this is a must-win game, but I think Nebraska needs to continue continue that effort where they don't take a step back. And at one point, they got to start to rack up victories. I just don't think it's today. And it may be a stretch where they still are on the zero side of the Big Ten uh, conference schedule if you look at what's ahead in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, but, Gary, have you seen enough progress over the past two games? Nebraska's been in it against some good teams. Do you think there's been enough progress to think that uh, they could be competitive to finish out the Big Ten slate, maybe get a couple wins uh, as opposed to what we've seen the past couple of years where Nebraska's maybe eking out one Big Ten win? Well, to answer your question, Elijah, yes. But is that what we're really after is, hey, just be competitive? At some point, they have to break through. And, you know, I have a, I have a problem. There's the, the basketball IQ is, is an issue um, and turning the basketball over. But more importantly, shot selection, when it happens, you know, Verge coming down. There's, there's some things that I like that Verge does. But then there's other times where I think he says, nobody else is working, so i got to do everything. And you're jacking up transition threes. When there's no need to do that, I don't know if you can get rid of that, but Nebraska needs a victory, pure and simple. They need something, you know, because if you look at the game on Sunday night against Ohio State, PBA was rocking. PBA was ready to go nuts in that game against Ohio State, and they played hard, but then they made, they have these breakdowns where you go, oh boy, you know, they were, they were here up five with 30 seconds to go. Ohio State comes down and bang, hits the three. You have a chance to put the game away. You can't with the missed free throws. What happens at the other end? Ohio State sends it overtime, and the game was essentially over once you got to overtime. So, you know, it's right now it's in the DNA of not being able to close out games. They need one of those where they close out strong and there's no, you know, you get down late in the game and you go, I don't know if they're going to win or not. Um, I just don't know if it's today, but, boy, they need something soon to get a victory to keep people engaged in the fan base. Gary Sharp with us, Sale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. Sharpie, uh, we'll let you go, bud, and, and thanks for uh, – uh, spending time with us this morning. Uh, look forward to another pretty crazy week with football, and we'll see where things go hoops-wise, man. You have a good week. Yet, How many games do you have with UNO? Uh, we have a busy week. We uh, have uh, one today, Monday, uh, Thursday, and then next uh, uh, Saturday. Hey, one quick thing about Charles Thompson. So I think I was right on this. So Charles Thompson 
was on campus the other day. Mm-hmm. First time he'd been back in Lincoln since the 87 game. The, the old... game of the century, too. <laughs> I remember and, that. <laughs> and his son, his son is going to play for his dad's two biggest college rivals. <laughs> Welcome to the world of portaling. Oh, you, you just said it, right? The uh, and Yeah, I, I remember it vividly because you had uh, uh, Holloway, right? Uh, on the on the sideline wearing the uh, the Switzer's beaver jacket. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a strange world. Sharpie, take care, bud. Thanks for the time, man. Hey, thanks, guys. There he is. Thanks, Gary. Gary Sharp. Quick shout-out to our uh, friends with Lincoln Southwest Swimming. They are tailgating. Uh, they are ready to rock and roll for another swim meet. Uh, so a, a tip of the cap to the Southwest Swim Parents. Well, Krenak, uh, gear up, and we'll do it again next Saturday. How's that? Sounds good. Derek Walker, by the way, leads the country in field goal percentage. He has been great. He needs help. Uh, We'll talk to you on Monday with Hale Varsity Foot 4, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.